The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. RPG After Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, present, and future. This is episode 81. I'm Scott. I'm Rich. And I'm Frost. Yeah, we got a special guest here today. What's up, man? Hey, good to be here. <laughs> okay, we'll get back to you in a, just a second. Uh, today, we are finally going to be reviewing the most recent RPG Club game and classic 1993 SNES RPG. It's Squaresoft Secret of Mana. segments no news no patreon talk no tea time well there might be a tea Tea, time later tea time (laughs) no catch up just straight up review goodness but before we jump in let's get to know frost so frost is a longtime listener of ours he's a patron he's an active member of the community uh so i guess let's get to know you a little bit better uh who are you frost Uh, my name's actually Ryan, so you can go by Frost or Ryan. That's fine. Uh, and uh, longtime gamer, teach at uh, electrical engineering at a university. Um, and uh, yeah, I just really love RPGs. Kind of, you know, grew up on them. Final Fantasy One, all the way through, and um, found uh, found you guys through the old Golden Years podcast. And uh, <laughs> somehow I stuck with it enough to get to you guys. So. <laughs> We evolved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so was Final Fantasy One your first RPG, or? Uh, yeah. So yeah, it must have been right. Uh, I'm trying to think if I played a CRPG before that. I don't think so. So yeah, I think Final Fantasy One was my first RPG. Ah. Um, back in and, 1990. Uh, nice. So usually when we do these uh, RPG Club reviews, we invite the person who nominated the game for the RPG Club, and that was you. So. Uh, what, what's some of your brief thoughts about Secret of Mana and why did you uh, nominate it? So the reason I nominated Secret of Mana was, first of all, I was surprised that how many people who were like part of the Discord community hadn't actually played it before. I was like, how is this even possible? Like it was like, <laughs> never, I never even considered 
that there would actually be people who hadn't played Secret of Mana before. Uh, but I got over that, right? I was like, oh, well, you know, there's some young people in here, right? Um, <laughs> hey, now, I never played it. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's always been like a, it's almost been like a staple of my my gaming life. It's sort of like a thing I always come back to every year or maybe two years and I'll, I'll play through it. And uh, just, I've probably beaten it at least a dozen times. Um, and it was just, because it was just so, it just, I don't know, it's probably nostalgia at this point that's just fueling my, my love for it but it's just it ever since i first played it, it's just always been a thing that i've just done and I, I was like well if, if these people haven't played secret of mana they, they really have to play secret of mana so that's why you know i nominated it with the hopes that people would and i'm glad you know glad you guys got a chance to play it even if it's was it almost 25 years 30 30 years somewhere in between we'll find out uh, how long it's been right but it's it's been a long time it's been out and there's definitely some some words to it but um i just love it yeah, I uh, I'd always heard great things about Secret of Mana, and we, to me, I've said this before on the podcast, but I think of like the the big three SNES RPGs were like Chrono Trigger, FF6, and uh, Secret of Mana. And as an RPG podcast host, I was like, well, I should probably get a Mana game under my belt. So <laughs> I, I I was one of the ones that voted for the game too. Yeah. And. Uh, I voted for it as well. Um, I was going to ask you, you play this often. Every time that you finish it, does it meet your expectations? Does it go down or does it go up a little bit every time well, that you, for your love for it? I'll say this about the game. The game is very much about the gameplay, right? <laughs> as you'll see okay. when we get to the story section. So it's just, it's something where I just enjoy, uh, uh, you know, I'm very pro grind when it's, when it, uh, not when it, uh, certain situations, but I'm very pro grind. So like, I'm cool with like leveling all the weapons and leveling the magic and spending all this time. But basically it's a time waster, right? So there's people like Scott who want to just play 5,000 games and they just want to burn through them. No, no. <laughs> but, well, he's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Guilty. like, I'll play like, like I, for, like I tried to play as many games as possible this year. I think I'm at like 32 at this point, which is like way more oh, than I've God. ever played. There's a couple short ones in there, but but the thing is it's like normally the way i play games is like well i just got god of war everyone says it's really good but you know i kind of feel like playing ff4 again and i'll play ff4 <laughs> for the sixth time instead right and it's just um you know something that something i just tend to do so i i, I think what my the way my gaming habits work is i just get comfortable and i do things that i find comfortable and so walking around in a ice forest continuously just repeatedly slaying wolves seems to be something that relaxes me maybe i don't know so i just <laughs> no I, I feel that i definitely have a, a handful of four or five games i've probably beaten you know but five to ten, ten times at least so <laughs> i do not i oh i have one it's What's that? it's the greatest rpg in the final fantasy series 15 of all time uh no nine. <laughs> oh, i always I forget love your, nine. You, you love nine so much Oh God, it, it puts everything to shame. Sorry. That's just me. So, and you know, you get your 35 games that you play or 35, uh, <laughs> RPGs you beat this year. I don't, I'm like still probably in the single digits. <laughs> now, games. I will say, uh, although I do have mixed feelings about secret of mana overall, I'm still glad we played it. Yeah, me to too. Had, had that experience. So yeah. Okay. And you have to remember that with, with the big, the, you know, you call it like the big three SNES rpgs yeah. it was the first one so it's true you know yeah yeah and that's another thing that i 
I think maybe when we get to the ratings, I'm going to have a it's going to be tricky just because I think that the the game is very innovative for the time that it came out. Like I found out it was even before those other two games. Like, well, damn, no wonder. <laughs> There's some development history about that. Yes. We'll get to that in a minute. Yep. So thanks for that transition, Rich. Uh, let's get into some quick show updates before we officially kick off this thing. Hey guys, what's up? It's Editor Scott here. Normally we do the RPG Club segment live, but because we recorded this episode on a Saturday, I couldn't actually announce uh, the winner of the RPG Club quite yet. But I'm happy to announce that the winner of the RPG Club nominations and voting was Mass Effect 1, which was actually nominated by yours truly. It won by, I think it had six votes, and there were a couple other games that had five votes, but uh, Mass Effect took it. So yeah, we will be beginning Mass Effect uh, a week from this recording, which is actually on Sunday, October 3rd. And keep an eye out on our Twitter and Discord or whatever to find out how long you should play on Mass Effect to see uh, where we need to get to. Should be a fun time. I will catch you guys uh, there. Back to the show. Um, okay. One quick, uh, one more quick update. The podcast is now available on YouTube. I very painstakingly took all the videos that I managed to save over the years and uploaded them all to YouTube. Um, even if I didn't have the videos anymore, because I did get lazy about it at certain points during the show's history and didn't download them before they expired. Uh, we have like headliner videos up there, so you can go and listen there. And the patrons also have access to a link for the video versions of like all the bonus content too, which for some reason I managed to save better than the regular stuff. <laughs> Cause it, you know, you spend a lot of good time on that. That's yeah. why. But yeah, that's all up there. If you prefer the video version of the show, it's, it's out there for you to see. You can just search RPG after years on YouTube. Um, but that's all in the way of announcements. So let's quickly go through the RPG releases. In the last week, there was apparently a shit ton of RPGs. Um, Let's see, we got the Castlevania Advance Collection, which was announced and released on the same day, I believe. Um, that was PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. That was on the 23rd. Also on the 23rd was Act Razor Renaissance on PS4, Switch, Mobile, and PC. Wait, is that the remake or is that a, a different Act Razor? No, that's the remake. So the Castlevania Advance Collection, um, Act Razor uh, uh, Renaissance. I didn't realize that the remake other... was, came out the same day. I thought it was just like yeah. announced. No, that Jeez. was <laughs> they did that Nintendo Direct, and they were like, "It's available now." Wow. So yeah, I wonder. If I'm, I'm curious about it. Yeah, something we'll have to check into. Yep. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot and all the DLC came to Switch on the 24th. Uh, Lost Judgment, the Yakuza spinoff, came to the PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, and Xbox One on the 24th as well. Peach Leaf Pirates came to PC on September 27th. Any idea what that is? <laughs> um, I, I remember I thought it was like, you know, a Mario game. That's a title. Well, yeah. For sure. Uh, New World came to PC on the 28th. Chernobylite, PS4 and Xbox One on the 28th. Jag Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, A Hero's Bonds came to mobile on the 28th. So this is, is this, the, this like the second mobile Dragon Quest game? Because I feel like we got another one like last, last um, year or something. If I remember correctly, the one last year was a gotcha game. Mm. Um, I don't know about this one yet. 
I did sign up for, by the way, the pre-ordered stuff of Tales of, uh, is it Lestria? I think the name of it is. Oh, new, lim- we talked about that. Or Luminary yeah. or whatever. Huh. I signed up for the pre-order on that one. So we'll see how that checks out. Uh, but this one, I think, is kind of that same same line. You have to let so us know. Actual story. Playing, uh, the Luminary, whatever. It's supposed to be like a year or so. so okay. Yeah. We got uh, Neo, the world ends with you, came to PC on September 28th. Astria Ascending came to basically everything on the 30th. Uh, the rest of these are going to be on September 30th. Rogue Lords PC, Darksiders 3 came to Switch. Are you going to, uh, didn't you pre order that one, Rich? Darksiders 3? Yeah. Yes. I feel like I remember you talking about it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Sean Juan Sword 7. I, I'm guessing that's how that's pronounced. It's a uh, PS4 and Xbox One. Unsighted, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Death's Gambit, Afterlife, Switch, and PC. And then Mary Skelter Finale came to PS4 and Switch on the 30th as well in America, one day later for the Europeans uh, on October 1st. All right. I took I got the hard part. You get to do the <laughs> RPGs coming out this week, Rich. Oh, man. Oh, this is such a stretch for me. Um, RPGs releasing this coming week. Uh, Vargas, The Raven Realms. PC October 5th, and Moonglow Bay, uh, Xbox S, Xbox One, PC October 7th. You know, I thought something, by the way, Scott. What's that? We should probably look at into these, which ones get physical editions and which one only gets digital editions. You really want to add that to the docs? No, I don't. I was just curious. <laughs> I was just thought about that. I mean, I would like to know that stuff, too, for some of these games. Yeah. But Yeah. Anyways. Are, are you interested in any of these, Frost? Um. No, I mean, I'd probably play the Castlevania Advanced Collection, um, although I have most, well, I think I have most of those. Um, not on Switch, though. For anyway, while. maybe I'll check out Peach Leaf Pirates. We'll see what, see what that is. Or <laughs> maybe least... I'll use my stream points to make Scott play it. There you go. <laughs> I'm saving up my stream oh, points no. <laughs> to have Corey jump on. That's what everybody always says they're saving up for, but then they never actually do it. Oh, I so. will do it. Yeah. Okay, but that's it for all the little updates. Without well, out of the way, we're going to beat our flammy drum and fly into the review. All right. So, Secret of Mana uh, originally came to Japan August 6, 1993. We got it a couple months later in America on October 3rd, 1993. So, we're actually coming up on the anniversary here soon. Um, let's see. That was 10,220 days ago, or 27 years, 11 months and 23 days. Jeez. I bet there's a lot of people in the audience that uh, weren't even alive back then. Wait, when was Jay born? Do you remember what year? I don't remember what year, but I think he was in the 90s. This game might be older than Jay. Yes, <laughs> I think so. And then it came to Europe on November 24th, 1994, which was 900, excuse me, 9,803 days ago, or 26 years, 6 months, and 2 days. Suck it, Europe. Yeah, right. Sorry. Um, yeah, they got it like a, a little over a year later, which uh, I guess it's a good thing they ever didn't. They got it at all because didn't like Chrono Trigger not get localized for a long time in Europe? I think so. But there's a there's a development piece of it at the very end. We'll talk about that. How the reason why, um, as you can tell, there's a difference between the dates between Japan and North America. Like it's not it's not that long of a time frame, and then all of a sudden there's a huge like year long difference between Europe. In North America or uh, Japan and, and Europe, so there's something there that you'll we'll talk about. Hmm. Okay, it's kind of interesting. Gotcha. 
All right, so another thing that we always do on the reviews is we like to talk about what was going on in pop culture, kind of, with the music and the movies that were popular at the time of the release. So the U.S. Billboard number one, when Secret of Mana was released in America, was Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. song oh yeah. i do i, was about to say, I remember I, the queen of course it's like i feel like i've heard it before but i'm not super familiar with the song so uh, so this is from her like her third album and actually we did the final fantasy adventure review and her emotion from her second album was the number one song during the final fantasy adventure release so oh wow oh man <laughs> mariah's all early over. 90s mariah was uh, unstoppable yeah. Now she's just a diva and uh, can't be stopped. I know I've done a review before where it was like a recent year where in Europe the number one was uh, All I Want for Christmas. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. Oh, God. That um, is the most juggernaut song that comes out probably in the next like month or so. We're going to yeah. start hearing that all over the place. For those so that she may not comes be a, back and rises up. Yeah, she's, all, she's a, always risen. Uh, yes. For those that may not be aware, Frost did meet with Bill yesterday to do a review that'll actually come out after this one. So we're getting we're getting some timey-wimey stuff going on. <laughs> and then in Europe, which uh, keep in mind was a year later, uh, it was Baby Come Back by uh, Pato Banton. This one I can't say I've ever heard. Never. I this thought is... I read it wrong. I thought it said baby got back. <laughs> I was like, so, that's not it. When I saw baby come back, I thought it was the song by player from the, was that the seventies? Baby yeah, the, come back. That's what I oh, thought. That's a good one. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I this, didn't know. never heard of. When I saw the title, I was like, I didn't realize that song was that new. <laughs> but no. This just doesn't surprise me for bills. Yeah. This was a weird choice. All right. You want to do the movies, Rich? Yes. So the U.S. box office numbers, uh, number one for the time it came out was Shortcuts, directed by Robert Altman and starring Matthew Modane, Julian Moore, Andy McDowell, and a lot more. I don't remember. Is this the one about the robot? I, I no, had that's no Short idea. Circuit. That's what I was thinking. I don't know what this one is. Did uh, either of you ever see this or know anything about it? I know about the names of the people. Okay. I'm trying to find the poster, but no. Uh, it's on the Wikipedia article, I remember, but it was even the poster didn't tell me much about it. But the UK one, I think literally everybody will know. Well, I hope so. Consider the fact that it is the, in the UK, the number one was, I wish we had a drop for this. <laughs> the Lion King, directed by Roger Owlers and Rob Minkoff, and starring Matthew Broderick, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, James Earl Jones, Darth Vader, and many more. Mufasa. Yes. <laughs> uh, what can be said about Lion King that hasn't already been said? I'm assuming we all loved it when we were when it was out. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. And I have uh, young children, so I've seen it about four thousand times. Oh. <laughs> I hope it's one of the the least uh, offensive ones that you have to see four thousand times. Yeah. No, it's always good. Although it's it's always the first time you show it to a kid, and you're like. But his dad died. Spoilers. His dad died. <laughs> yeah. Listen. It's like, oh, we have to deal this. with death now in the family. Like, it's, yeah. That was a, 
that was just me you know disney loves to traumatize children so <laughs> well disney likes to kill off parents yeah it's like you're just anytime there's like a, a parental figure that's very just like cherished by the kids like you know it's like they're done <laughs> um but yeah so that's what was going on in the world so i guess we can go ahead and jump into the the development history so rich gathered all this stuff for us for the most part so uh i'll kick us off and any we'll see what else he found for us all right so secret of mana was designed and directed by koichi ishii the original creator of final fantasy adventure for the game boy which is actually the first game in the series right frost yep so in Japan, these games are called Saiken Dintetsu or something like that. Or yes. Dintetsu. It stands for the, the Legend of the Sacred Sword. Oh, I didn't and know the that. Fir- the first one was called Saiken Dintetsu Final Fantasy Gaiden. So that's why it got localized as Final Fantasy Adventure. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Uh, I didn't put that in there because I can't pronounce that. So I didn't put it in there. <laughs> uh, some no weird Japanese stuff for you today, Rich? Uh, no. Okay. This is the man, Koichi Ishii, that basically created and owned The Secret of Mana as his baby, more so than anything else he did. The majority of the game was programmed by Nasir Jabeli. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And using a lot of the same groundwork that went into Final Fantasy Adventure, the team decided to build upon the elements within. They introduced better graphics, sound quality, charged attacks, and a weapon leveling system. Unlike Final Fantasy Adventure, the team decided to make party members permanent, and they can be controlled by other players. This small feature, however, wasn't widely used by consumers. Uh, Frost, since you are more familiar with Final Fantasy Adventure, is there anything else like kind of not mentioned here that were like major differences? No, I feel like the the whole history of this this uh, series is like it seems like every game they're like we have this grand idea. Well, you have like a year to build it and also no resources, and then like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> even the um, we'll get into the history here about the disc system. But even the first Final Fantasy Adventure, they were planning on releasing it on the Famicom disc system. So they always like all of these games were like, we have all this stuff we're going to fit on the discs. And it was going to be on like five floppies. The the original. <laughs> and then they're oh, like, ah, never dang. mind. We don't we don't have that anymore. Yeah. So I didn't know. Oh, that. Oh, man. What about the so what about um, the feature that using uh, control by other players like you can use up to three? Now, if I remember correctly, was there. Was there an attachment that can give you three players? I couldn't you, remember. It was called the multi-tap, and you okay. could. It was a SNES adapter uh, that would allow you to plug four controllers into a SNES. So you had to have a multi-tap if you wanted to play with three. Um, gotcha. We just played with two because I didn't have a multi-tap. Yeah. Have well, you? I mean, do you think? I mean, that wasn't a very wide feature, though. I don't think a lot of people knew that. Well, I, I will think... say that's one thing I've always heard about this game, though, is that it's really fun to play multiplayer. It is um, certainly better than the AI. <laughs> yeah because as we know the ai can be so terrible that it literally gets you stuck permanently where you are so <laughs> yeah you gotta be careful with that yeah all right so the secret of mana uses a real-time battle system that is considered an extension of the battle systems of the first final fantasy games using the same principles such as experience points and leveling the characters up now with some of the features that were going to be used ended up not being in the final product um i'm kind of going to go off a little script here but you have the ability to level weapons, magic, um, those type of things that go into it to kind of boost up the character's uh, uh, availability. Um, and first, it was considered to add features in the Final Fantasy. Um, and I always get that backwards. Is that five? Or no, that's four. That's four. Four. <laughs> I'm stupid. Uh, but instead, it went into Chrono Trigger. As you can see, a, a lot of the features between this one, uh, Chrono Trigger, 
six, all these kind of integrate in, in between because they were all being developed around the same time. Um, the writer and producer, Scott, please help me out with that one. Hiromichi Tanaka. Tanaka went on to help uh, Chrono Trigger get made using a lot of the things that was supposed to be in Secret of Mana. Um, it was wild that uh, Final Fantasy IV, Chrono Trigger, and Secret of Mana uses so much of each other. This is most likely why these three games are considered uh, great games. One of the great Final Fantasies, um, not like six, obviously, but you know, six is one of the top ones, but considered one of the greater RPGs of, of that time. Just looking at the way the pixel art is in these three games and just kind of like how the games work generally, you can definitely tell that they were all kind of coming from the same source, more or less, which makes sense. Yeah. They were using resources from each other. Yeah. I, I found it interesting that they, you know, they said they were going to use this type of system in four, and it would be that you have that similar system in two where you're leveling weapons and abilities, right? And then job system in three, and then maybe they were going to alternate and go leveling uh, system, leveling everything in four, and then back to job system in five. It's kind of uh, interesting that they were considering that. Yeah, for sure. Um, has, I wonder if there's ever been a job system in a mana game, like later. Uh, yes. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> there is. If I remember correctly, Trials of Mana has a job system that you can flip between, but it's not your traditional job systems. It, it's per, it's permanent, so you pick a job, and you, it's, um, you like a, you get a job and then you L you get to pick a new job based on that job and it kind of branches. So you do specialize, but there are different paths you can take as you, as you level your character. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, we're also going to let frost share some of the, the history here. So, uh, secret of mana was going to be released in the non-produced add on the SNES CD, right? Um, and the SNES CD was a, going to be a partnership between Nintendo and Sony. Um, but that deal broke down. Most famously, this caused the issue with Final Fantasy VII, as Final Fantasy VII was going to be developed on this SNES CD. Um, and so Sony eventually got with Squaresoft and were like, hey, we're building our own system that uses disks. And Squaresoft was like, oh, good. So we can actually fit everything in the game this time. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's the big reason why uh, you know Final Fantasy VII is on... It was a, was a PlayStation title um, because they just they couldn't fit everything on a cartridge, um, and so because this was originally going to be developed for that CD system and it and it wasn't, um, they had to cut to fit it onto the cartridge. Um, one big feature that was removed was the ability to have multiple routes in the game to allow to have a sort of a different journey and different endings. And actually, they did that in Trials of Mana. If you play Trials of Mana, there's six characters to choose from. There's three main routes of, of groupings of characters you could choose from. And there are different paths through to the end of game. There's different final. There's, there's the same final boss, but there's different penultimate bosses. Um, and they actually did pull that off with Trials of Mana on a SNES cartridge, although that's a, a lot later. It was 95 or 96 before that came out. So they had a much, much uh, cheaper storage at that point. Um, so that's why basically Tanaka said, you know, in his interview that they had to linearize everything and cut a bunch of stuff just because for space considerations. You're not going to get me to play another mana game, Frost. <laughs> not without, not without not force. <laughs> I'll say I'm going to play. I played Trials. I played the collection version, the the original from the SNES. Um, but I'm eager to play the remake because I feel like the remake is is an actual improvement as opposed to the Secret of Mana remake, uh, which is trash. Yeah, do, you, do we have a section about that down here, Rich? Uh, no. 
Okay. I just, we're just going to ignore it because we know <laughs> okay. it was not good. Um, it's interesting that the uh, SNES CD um, never happened. I, I guess I never realized that that was a thing that they were working on. Um, and do you think if this hadn't happened, would we have the same iconic stuff with Final Fantasy VII? No, you know, I think it would kind be of crazy to see. We'd be living goes. in a totally different world right now. Yeah. <laughs> what if that should have been one of the what ifs when you guys did that episode? Oh, let add it to oh. the list. What <laughs> if FF Seven was on a cartridge? Yeah, it'd be on like four cartridges. There's no, uh, one. yeah. I think it's the just, stuff it, with the with the uh, PlayStation Nintendo thing that's pretty infamous gaming lore, but I didn't know that Secret of Mana was planned for that. So I, I think that's really interesting. Well, and then that, that caused a big rip between Square Enix or Squaresoft at the time and Nintendo because you didn't see much of anything for Squaresoft. It was on years Nintendo's. and years. I remember yeah. when uh, Crystal Chronicles came to the GameCube, it was a big deal because that was like Final Fantasy's big return to Nintendo. Um, yeah, because they got burned. Yeah. So anyways, um, once the game was scheduled to release in July 1993 as a party action RPG, but it came out in August. Um, later, it was discussed that the game development of, of this uh, was the main reason why Square moved most of the development games from Nintendo consoles to Sony consoles in 1996, which we, we just basically touched on. Um, even the translation, so this is what we were talking about, the, the gap of time, even the translations of Secret of Mana was a nightmare to handle. Um, the translations from a Japanese version took only 30 days, so there's that, that short window between North America and, and Japan. In the words of those people, it nearly killed them. Jesus. So much trouble went into the game being made, but it sounds like it was even more on the publishing side of things. So the the creators got everything done, but to get everything to sell in the in the local markets such as ours and in Europe, it was just that's a, not a good time. <laughs> that's interesting to me because there's not. I mean. There's not that much text in the game, I feel like, but but I get again thirty days. That doesn't seem even with that amount of text. It, it seems short. Well, I, maybe there was more text that we just never got. I wonder, like, because you because the the character the the Japanese characters you could fit a lot more. So I wonder how much of our little text is due to the fast translation. I'd probably have to go read a Japanese a thorough Japanese translation or something to figure that out. I know out. sometimes with these popular RPGs, you can get like uh, mods that go back and try to more faithfully translate it. So I wonder if there's anything like that out there for this game. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see anything out there when I looked at the, the development of it. Hmm. But I mean, we could definitely say without this, we might not have had the great games of the PlayStation because, you know, Final Fantasy VII, all those RPGs that went on to the Sony PlayStation might not have happened without, you know, Squaresoft yeah. coming to that system. We might what have had world. a more prominent Nintendo, and we wouldn't have the PlayStation One. Uh, we wouldn't have the two. We wouldn't have the you know three, four, and five. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Without On the music side of idea. things, uh, Hiroki Kakuda composed the music for the game, and it was his first real video game score. I'd say overall, he did a at worst decent job. The music's pretty good on the whole. I think. Um, it had two contrasting styles with original music that would not be pop music or standard gaming music. And he was very involved in his work on the music. Apparently, he locked himself in his office for 24 hours. wonder how much music he got composed in <laughs> that 24 hours. A lot uh, of okay. The music is both lighthearted, has some dark tones to it where it needs to be dark. And uh, later, Kakuda stated that Secret of Mana was his favorite soundtrack he had created. I wonder what else he's done. He did trials. Yeah, he's done a lot of the mana stuff. I think he stuck with that. 
Okay. Um, oh, hell, I was going to say something else about this whole development piece of it. Um, and you think this is a well-known ser- uh, series for people out here in North America, the Mana series? I, I mean, you know, it's no Final Fantasy or, or Dragon Quest as far as name recognition goes, but I, I think I would put it in probably the top at five, maybe ten at worst, you know? So I, I was going to say I knew about Secret of Mana, and I loved Secret of Mana, and I only knew about Secret of Mana for the longest time. Yeah. It was like, I was I was surprised. I like, it was like, there's 15 of these games or however many there are. It's like surprising. And it, I mean, part of that's because Trials never was localized right. until like 2019 or whatever. Um, but yeah. Hmm. And it also doesn't help that Final Fantasy Adventure was called Final Fantasy Adventure. Right. So <laughs> it wasn't called Mana. Yeah. What about the sales though, Rich? So the sales in Japan, the initial shipment of the game was sold out within days. So that's a big, a big deal. But it was barely marketed at all in the U.S. despite that Secret of Mana was the second top-selling SNES game in October of 1993 uh, behind Mortal Kombat. Um, it remained the uh, SNES top 10 for a year until October 1994. Um, as of 2003, it sold 1.83 million copies. So and I'm sure it's, the numbers have changed now in the with the remake and the re-releases and all that uh this i'll be honest i'm kind of surprised it was in the snes's top 10 for a year like i feel like rpgs weren't the main thing on the snes for a lot of people with no mario kart <laughs> well i think that 1993 1994 time was a lot of rpgs um i was trying to trying to look at the snes games from that time but i know like mario kart came out in 92 Link to the Past was 91 slash 92. So I wonder if there was just a gap in first party uh, <laughs> first party releases there. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so some just we pulled together some other like just random tidbits and facts here. Um, and actually, some of this was pulled together by Bill. So thanks for doing that, Bill. Uh, apparently, he found an interview where they talked about Flammy and why they decided to use Flammy. So... For those who haven't played the game, Flammy is basically the airship of this game. It's this giant uh, white dragon that you befriend and then ride on around the world map. Uh, so apparently one idea they had when they were developing things was to have the characters fighting, like you could fight enemies while riding Flammy in aerial combat. Uh, but then they decided there was going to be like a weird imbalance with some of the normal ground slash land combat. So they decided not to. So that would have been cool, but I'm, I'm grateful that they didn't go through with that i I think that would have caused so many development problems trying to do that yeah um apparently there were problems with speed too i'm looking at like a sort of a uh a cutout from an interview here and paraphrasing paraphrasing what the directors were saying but uh they wanted to go with something more bio like nature natural type deal because final fantasy was always about you know the airships and sometimes the steampunk industrial type stuff and so in contrast to that they wanted you know, something fantastic. And so the Flammy was actually inspired by Falcor, which is the giant white dragon from the movie, uh, never ending story, which was, I found kind of funny reading this because I remember when I was streaming secret of mana, I actually said, <laughs> Flammy kind of reminds me of that dragon from never ending story. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, before Flammy, they had players riding on the backs of creatures like the Gamera. Uh, which I'm not sure which creature that is. Anybody? I can't. I don't remember what that yeah. one was. 
uh, but that idea was abandoned. They also had plans for a robot. So I guess maybe that would have been more like Wild Arms. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Um, but that didn't fit with the like kind of the style of the game. They wanted something like soft and floaty and magical. So by the time they got finally programmed in, it has that, you know, graceful flying animation. They were very happy with how it turned out. Um, but apparently they, they did have some issues with getting that movement down. They had to use like a custom chip, which I'm assuming is partially thanks to the Mode 7 stuff. Um, they were worried because they would have had to raise the price of the game a lot by including this chip. But uh, apparently one of the programmers like worked super hard to make sure it, it worked with the you know built-in chipset. Um, they also wanted you to be like have, feel a connection to your quote-unquote airship. So <laughs> that's why they made it a life thing. I have zero uh, connection with this thing. Rich, he thought you you were its mom. No, I don't care. It just it was a it was a tool to the end game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that that's it for flaming. Okay. So this is kind of something interesting I stumbled across. Um, I want to say probably like a week ago, and I sent Scott this, and he's like, "I already knew about that, but I didn't. I didn't think about it." So you, the main villain, as you run across in the secret amount of story, is Thanatos. Correct. Everybody can agree with that. All right. That literally means death in Greek. Thanatos is the villain of the game. If you understood Greek, everyone would have figured seen it coming. I didn't see it coming. So Yeah. Uh, well, it was pretty obvious just from, I was like, there's the real villain. As soon as, you know, he has a skull mask and his name's Thanatos and all that. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought it was interesting. That was yeah. kind of cool. Spoilers from, uh, from this story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a boss switch uh spoilers from final fantasy advanced or sorry adventure final fantasy adventure there's a boss switch so um that's rich's favorite trope i hate that so much but <laughs> eh, it is what it is <laughs> but that was uh, cool i mean that's uh some of those ways that they in the story development piece of it they're like hey how can we say this is the villain without really saying it's the villain right off the bat and they just made the name of it so yeah um I've got a note here. There's a, an enemy called the Tomato Man, Tomato Man, and I think maybe an Eggplant Man that a lot of people saw as uh, racist caricatures. They kind of have, um, it, it, you, you, if you look at it, it can be interpreted as like kind of blackface or making fun of. Uh, they kind of look like those old Bugs Bunny cartoons that people were recognized as inappropriate or yeah. beyond inappropriate or whatever. I don't know how you classify them, but it, but yeah, it's supposed to be Eggplant, right? Um, so I think that's why the coloring's like that. But right, and I, I don't know I how much that, of a, yeah. a controversy this actually caused. This was just something that that Bill was talking about, and I took a note down. Um, but it must not be that big a deal because in the remakes they still look pretty similar. Um, another little interesting tidbit: the uh, there's an enemy in the game called the National Scar in the Mystic Book. It's like these floating magic books that cast spells on you and shit. Uh, apparently there's an animation they have where they open up and there's like a, a porno page. It's like a spread of a, a naked woman lying down on her stomach and get some side boob and all that. Um, and then it, when this happens, the, it looks like the book gets embarrassed and that quickly flips to another page. Yeah. Um, so I think the theory is that because the animation for this was so uh, rare that it actually managed to slip past Nintendo's like ratings and system. Cause I think mm. it probably would have been had some really either release issues or had to have a higher rating or removed or whatever. I never personally saw it in my game. Did you guys have I you noticed or anything? 
Nope. I actually I had it happen on this playthrough, but it is not um not super common. Yeah. <laughs> um there's also we're gonna go into glitches here now. Um one thing that I thought was interesting is you can go back to Potos uh via a glitch, which is your starting village that you get, you know, excommunicated from. Not excommunicated, exiled. Um you just have to like go do some clipping past the the guard. Apparently it's not that tricky to do, but I don't know why you would need to get back there. Just interesting. And then uh, Frost here actually has a collection of glitches he wanted to bring up too. Yeah, so there's a ton of glitches, and I think most of these were patched out for the PAL version. So there's that, you know, there's a big gap if you look at the release history, there's almost right. a year. Um, but if in the original two, ver the, SNA, the uh, NA and, and Japanese releases. So uh, part of the game is collecting orbs to power up your, your sword, right? And eventually when you get to the end game, you have to cast magic on your sword to turn it into the ultimate mana sword, the sword of mana, right? Um, and that turns it basically the way they coded it is it turns into a level nine sword, which which is and there's not nine. You can't get enough orbs to actually create a level nine sword. You only have eight, you know, eight orbs right. in the game to level up your sword. Well, it turns out that they found a glitch in the game where there's a there's the way that they, and I'm going to get into programming very briefly here, but so Rich, hang on. Go ahead. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I understand programming. Anyway, the way they save your location when you save the game is they check where you entered a area. But if you fly in with Flammy, it saves it as null. And there's only one location in the game where you can do this. And it's in the ice, uh, right before the ice palace. There's a place where you can land with Flammy and Nico is there and you can save. And that caused, actually people found this because if you save there and then turn off your game, having, having flown in, you can't load your game back in because you oh, have shit. no save location. So you actually soft lock yourself uh, if that happens. But then someone figured out that if you do that and you start a new game, that when you, if you play through a new game and you get to the first boss fight where you fight the Mantis, if you soft reset using the controller, having currently fighting the Mantis, and then reboot your save, the broken save, since it didn't have any location on that, that was a null location, the most recent information of where you were was fighting the Mantis at the beginning of the game. And so it'll actually drop your level you know, 50 party right in fighting the first boss of the game. You can kill the boss and get an extra sword orb that way. And then you can then you're stuck in Potos, but it's fine because you have the flaming drum. You can leave, but in that way you can actually get a ninth level sword. Wow! Permanently, and then you have the mana sword for the entire game. Well, at that point you're most of the way through the game. But there are some issues with that. Like the boy has to have it. If you unequip it with the boy, he can never equip it again. No one else can equip it. You get stuck. There's certain rules that you have to follow, but there is a way to actually have a permanent sword of mana doing that. Jeez, it's a lot of work. <laughs> well i thought you had told me that uh all the weapons had a, like a ninth level orb that can drop in those they do so all the weapons except the sword have extra orbs in the mana fortress that oh. drop as super rares from enemies so you can get them all to level nine but it's you got to do a glitch for the sword in particular Just the sword needs a glitch or the the mana magic because um, the sword being connected to the story i got it. that's right okay yeah um and just other really quickly there's there's a way to trick to break the game um, where if you know that you could set your AI um, to do charge attacks at certain levels, and it turns out that if you set it to a level, 
like say level two and it charges your AI compatriot charges up to level two, right? Charges mm-hmm. the weapon. Um, but then you go in and you say, I ah, never mind. You know what? You should just charge the level one. Well, there was no uh, there's no overrun check for the way they programmed it. So it's basically it's at level two and it's set to charge to level one. So it's like, well, I'm not at level one, so I might as well keep charging. And your AI compatriot will charge its sword at a rate of one level per frame that you move. So you have like level, you know, 10 million sword attacks from your from your AI people. If you So it can go higher than the eight or whatever. Yeah. So it'll go up to like hundreds. And wow. and then they'll just do nine 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 every every hit that you do that. So it's a way that you can really glitch your way through the game very quickly. So how practical is that in practice? Uh, it works. I think some of the uh, a lot of speedrunners do use it. Wow. Okay. If they're allowed glitches. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I really need to know these glitches like this early on, so even I while... can do. It. Rich um, didn't even figure out charge attacks until like nope. the last couple <laughs> until... hours of the game. So yep. <laughs> at that point, I was so used to the controls, I was like, eh, I don't need it. I never used it. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, if you, uh, there are certain rooms that just have chests and the chests have weapon orbs. Um, If you move the chest close enough to the door, you can use one person to pick up the chest and there's an opening animation. And if you quickly swap characters and run out of the room, you'll open the chest, but having after you've left the room. So you'll get the weapon orb, but it won't, it won't uh, check off that the chest was open. So if you re-enter the room, the chest is there. So you can actually get for anything except the sword. It doesn't work for the sword, but for all the other ones, you can get level nine weapons very early on if you if you want to cheese it that way. Now that would have been something that would have been good to know for sure. Yes. <laughs> I might See, have. Done, I if I'd known about how that worked, if I'd known about some of this, I think uh, Spocky would have been a little easier. <laughs> <laughs> See, I understood the programming aspect of it and how that worked. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one last one I wanted to mention because I didn't know about this one until I looked it up. Apparently, if you reflect your spell off of a walled enemy and it kills one of your teammates, you get experience for that. Oh, okay. And you uh, get their current experience level. So if, like, if you kill so your... So if they have 30,000 experience, you get 30,000 experience for killing your... So you can like super level yourself super fast that way. Wow. How early is it before you start getting to enemies that can do that, though? Because I don't remember experiencing that until later on, I don't think. Uh, walled enemies might be not until the moon palace. Which is so pretty you can, late. You can cast the moons. You can cast wall on a character and then, or well, wall on an enemy. Right? I don't think you can. I don't think you can cast wall on an enemy. I think well, it's can't you cast wall on party target and then do it again? And <laughs> I then you blast it back over to somebody else? <laughs> you could do that. I guess you could. But you don't get wall until the that's level eight magic, so that's even oh, later. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm Oof. trying to think of ways to do it. Yep. Yeah, I uh, as far as more glitches, I, Bill found a page for us that I, I looked through trying to find particularly interesting ones. There's a lot of glitches in this game. There are. <laughs> yeah. Um, including would you consider it a glitch if you because I experienced this myself where the characters your party members can get like hung up on little on like a rock and then you're kind of jammed up and you have to kind of find your way back to let them loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I've definitely experienced that myself, except for there was at least one or two times where I just like, I had to restart. <laughs> oh, I've, I don't think I've ever softballed myself that way. I um, did. And thank God I had Flamey's drone. Oh, cause then I, then I could fly out and come back in and I was fine. Yeah. Mine was in the forest. Uh, the witch's 
forest uh, that happened to me at least oh. once there. Um, so we got one more little note here about this isn't really a, a glitch, but kind of an Easter egg. So it's possible to like press a series of buttons. I'm not even going to go through it, but it's it involves, you know, literally 50, 60 button presses in a certain order. Uh, and when this you do this, the percentage number in your your health bar that shows your attack charges, uh, it disappears for a second, and then it gets replaced by the letters NAS. Well, what that is, is the game was programmed by Nasir Jabeli. So it's NAS for Nasir. Uh, so it's just like something the, the main programmer put in there, which is interesting. I don't know. I guess he was just, just trying to have some fun with it or, or something. <laughs> he was like, I will be remembered yeah. this way. <laughs> Old Nas. Uh, is that is that it? Anything else for the history? No, um, I did put in there a timeline of the Mana series just in case if everybody wanted to really know what order these games were technically in. Um, they're not connected in a sense, like um, they're they're there loosely connected, just like the Final Fantasy games are, are loosely connected. Um, I'll kind of go through that real quickly, um, and I'll tell you exactly uh, what console you can play them on if you if you wanted to. Um, so you have the Final Fantasy Adventure, which is on the Switch via the Collection of Mana, Secret of Mana, um, which is Switch Collection of Mana, Trials of Mana, same thing, uh, Legend of Mana, Children of Mana, Friends of Mana. Now that one shut down. You can't play that anymore. I was about to say I don't even think I heard of that one. Nope, can't play that. That's a mobile one. Uh, Dawn of Mana, which is PlayStation Two, Heroes of Mana, which is Nintendo DS, Circle of Mana, which is a mobile, shut down. Can't play that one. And then Rise of Mana, mobile shut down can't play it either so you've got at least one two three four five six seven mana games out of the ten that you can still play today i wonder how important to the lore and like the overall story those mobile games were i don't think there's really that much of a connective to it isn't there also a yet to be released when didn't they make an announcement about a new mana game that has no title Yeah, they did after Trials of Mana came out and had a good showing. Um, they announced that that was going to be something that they are working on. Is because I think Square Enix is going back to a lot of these older uh, title or uh, older IPs. Um, you've got Saga, Mana. Um, there's another one too that I'm missing, but they've a, a lot of them. They're starting to revamp some of the the buzz behind them. So you're starting to see again, Mana, uh, Saga, the those are coming back yeah saga collection coming at you <laughs> yeah that's true so can't wait for rich to replace saga frontier i will i will hit you where you stand <laughs> and, and then one more note uh we did we sort of alluded to this earlier this game secret of mana did get a 3d remake on modern consoles a year or two back uh but from what i hear everything i hear is actually somehow worse than the original version didn't fix some of the, the main problems that the original version had and in in fact, introduced even more problems. And I think it was uh, you that was telling me about that, Frost. Yeah, it's um, so I played the re for the club. I played the remake and the original on on the collection on the Switch at the same time. And it's just there were at first I was like the remake. Oh, they redid the it's 3D and there's nice things. And the only thing nice I'll say about the remake is they made some of the weapons more usable because they like made the javelin go further. So there's a reason to use the javelin versus the whip or things like that. And there's also eight directional targeting, right? Because now you you don't have a D-pad, right? That um, nice. Other than that, the music's worse. The graphics aren't 
they're 3D, but they're worse as far as I, I love the sprites. Yeah. The, you know, the, the 16 bit sprites from the original. The, the story the, is, is almost identical, but somehow the, the voice acting is worse. They didn't even animate the mouths. It's just, it's don't play it. Just like, just don't. And wow. that it also, it was like bricking people's playstations. I think there was an error. Oh, like, I, heard I, I don't that, even yeah. know. It was like, there was all kinds of problems. It's haunted. It's cursed. Don't play it. <laughs> um, I heard the trials remake is actually decent. Um, I think Rich yeah. has touched has played that yeah. a little bit, but yeah, I've got about 12, 13 hours into it. I, I enjoy it. It's, it's good. Eventually I will finish it. Um, it's really cool to see because this is technically um, secret of mana and then trials of mana is the game right after. So you see a lot of the, the same enemies and, and some of the same concepts in trials of mana uh, that were in secret of mana. So that's kind of cool to see. And I feel that comment that you made about the pixel art. Cause like, you know, we got these uh, Pokemon diamond and pearl, remakes coming out if i look like look at side by sides between the original and that i'm like i think the original i'd rather look at that so <laughs> uh well that pixel uh, art style is is very good um i enjoy that stuff i mean look at octopath traveler oh um, yeah for sure that's good stuff i mean just because it can be done in 3d and it can we can make it look amazing it may not be something that we want as the community yeah but I think that's all we got for our history. Uh, we're going to take a quick break before we jump into the story. So, BRB. Hey folks, my name's Brett and I'm one of the hosts of Skeleton House, an audio-only Let's Play podcast where my two friends Jess... What is happening?! Oh my god! And Steve... Even he looks spooked. ...play through video games and I edit them, add context, and act as your eyeballs. Also, we have a cat. Come check us out at skeletonhouse.buzzsprout.com or look up Skeleton House on your favorite podcast app or your least favorite podcast app. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. Okay, let's jump into our story. Mainly because there is a story, but it's uh, it's very window dressing only, for the most part, in our opinions. Frost may feel right. a little differently, but <laughs> um, story's but it, perfect. It's it's perfect. <laughs> um, so basically, it takes place in like a medieval, you know, high fantasy world. There's the backstory is there's this super energy force that powers everything called mana. It's like the spirit of life, the world. You could think of it as the life stream or, you know, ether, whatever the hell you want to think of it as. That's what mana is in this game. By the way, I've heard a lot of people pronounce it mana. Is it mana or mana? It's in the remake. The way they say it is mana. Oh, man. The, yeah. But mana sounds better. <laughs> um, but anyway, so in the past, there was this like super fortress. It's like this war floating warship 
called the Mana Fortress. So when humans and it's powered by mana. So when the you know the fortress this angered the gods because it's like you know it's not supposed to be used for evil and war and shit. And so the went back against the world. Mana kind of disappeared for the most part. And somebody used the Mana Sword, which is just a you know magical sword powered by mana, uh, to destroy the fortress. You know, bring peace to the world. And the fortress disappeared and was sealed away. And there was also, there's like the Mana Beasts that helped fight the fortress, I believe. Some magical dragon creatures. Yeah. They're like the weapons from Final Fantasy VII. Yes. You know, I never really thought about it. Yeah, but that's exactly their function in this story. <laughs> um, so in modern day times, we've got multiple kingdoms and nations. One of them being, of course, it wouldn't be a, an old school RPG without an evil empire. So there is an evil empire that's going to be our main villains for most of the game. And yeah, so that's the the setup there. And then uh, let's see, you play as this character who doesn't have a name in the game. Most people just call him Boy, but I believe his canon name is Randy. That's correct. <laughs> what a, what a name! Uh, the game begins. You know, you got some three the three small boys, including Randy. They're from this place called Potos Village. It's a peaceful village. I believe Randy is an orphan who has been uh, taken in by the village elder. And they're looking for some treasure. One thing leads to another. Randy falls off of a waterfall, and he happen, he's like guided by this voice, finds a, a sword and a stone. So it's very King Arthur-ish, or I guess finding the master sword in the Lost Woods. It didn't seem like it was that out of the way. Like, how did nobody find this before? <laughs> well, I think it, they knew about the sword. Um, they, but they, the, the, I guess the, the, the point is that no one was supposed to touch it right it's it's supposed to be the mana knight was supposed to show up at the right time and claim the sword to protect the world um but uh you showed up a little bit early <laughs> <laughs> right so did, was this ever answered was i mean the boy was the intended person who to get the sword right yeah yes so he was supposed to get the sword and the the, the way the story reads is that because the empire started threatening mana the sword needed to be taken up and so that's why he had to claim it early gotcha yeah feel free to jump in whenever you don't feel like we're explaining things correctly <laughs> we, we've, i've forgotten a lot already um so you get the sword and then you meet with this knight who's a recurring character throughout the sword named Gemma. he's like an old wizened powerful knight from a neighboring kingdom um and he tells you all about the mana sword and how you weren't supposed to get it yet but now you're stuck with it and you're gonna have to go restore mana and prevent, you know, calamities or whatever by visiting the eight mana temples. So, yeah, if you if you played Final Fantasy Adventure, the the society of or the the society of knights that defends the mana tree are known as the Gemma Knights, but it's spelled with a G. So oh. the name Gemma is actually a like a callback to the the original game. I wonder if that's but they're standalone, right? Like they all have their own stories. They are, but they. The, the games are all like set in these worlds that have mana trees and have spirits and have mana right. swords. It's, but yeah, so it's sort of like Final Fantasy 1 and 9 reusing crystal things. Right. You know. Yeah. So um, you get kicked out of the sword for unleashing the the power of mana with your when you pulled the sword. Because like now monsters are on the prowl and are going to attack and shit like that. So they literally kicked the boy out of the village and you can never go back there. Which seems like a bit of an overreaction it's like well, 
it's like, not sure that was necessary, but alas. So you go meet with Gemma at the water temple. And here you meet with Sage Luca, who is the water sage. And she sort of explains the lore of everything and why you have to be the one to go get the orbs and restore mana. And it's your destiny and all that stuff. You know, come to think of it, you have to meet with Luca like three or four times early on in the game. But it feels like they forgot about her about halfway through. I don't know. Maybe they didn't need an exposition character anymore. <laughs> um, you also meet Major Dalek along the way, who is from the kingdom of Pandora. And I forget what he's doing at this point, but he'll be... In... <laughs> the, the witch is turning the people of Pandora into zombies, and he's going to kill the witch so that they, re they release the, the villagers. Right. Okay. Because uh, when you're in Pandora, it's like when you talk to people, they all just say dot, 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 dot. So... Uh, on the way, you can get kidnapped by goblins, and you get saved by this girl, uh, who is the secondary main character. And what what's her real name? Purim. Purim, right. Um, but isn't there like an alternate way this can go, too? There are. So there's actually a bunch and a glitch way. But I didn't mention this in the glitch section, but yeah, of course there's a glitch here. Um, but basically, if you talk to Dialuck and he goes, you watch him, the, the army, march off. That's the what what you the the they intended you to do, and so you're captured by goblins, and then you're saved by Purim. But if you don't talk to Dialuk and you don't see them walk away, then you when you leave the uh, the water palace, um, you aren't captured by goblins, and so you actually don't uh, get Purim until you get to the witch's forest. You find her in there being attacked by two werewolves, and you have to save her. That's what happened. That's how to I me. did it. Yeah. So is there like one that did that is more likely to happen or it just comes down to whether or not the, the person who's playing the game talks to dialect or not. Gotcha. I did not. Um, I thought I did. I could be wrong about that. Uh, I think it, I think you have to talk to them. And then of course, like a la final fantasy five, you have to like wait until they walk off. Like, you know, there's places in final fantasy five where you have to just stand there until something happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I think it's one of those. Right. So you, next up, they ask you to go to Gaia's navel, which I believe, uh, why, why did we need to go there? Do you remember? That's where the dwarves are. Cause the dwarves make good weapons. Oh, we just need better weapons. Got it. So you go down there, there's a village of dwarves and you do meet a blacksmith here. You can, uh, get your weaponry forged. And yeah. yeah it's be, well, it's because they, they're like, we need someone. The sword you have is old and rusty. Right. And the, and Gemma's like, well, the dwarves know about weapons. Maybe there's someone there who can restore your sword. You meet a blacksmith, a dwarven blacksmith named Watts who decides to travel to wherever you are for the remainder of the game, which is very handy <laughs> for yeah. early on. I was like, this is going to get old having to come back here all the time. But uh, you also meet your third character here the sprite who what, what's their name papoy that sounds right um <laughs> they they try to run like a uh, racket on you like it's you know appeal this poor sprite doesn't have any parents and it's just trying to put on a show and make some money but it's like a, a racket type thing uh that the, it eventually joins you and then you get to fight like this big plant boss monster this version of it was not really a problem but i guess we don't have to talk about the bosses now since that's more gameplay. Um, but that's the the end of that little arc. Do you remember the, all, the, all the witch stuff, Rich? Uh, yeah, a little bit. So you once you're past the 
um, dwarf and you get your sword and it's the rust is shaken off of it. Um, you then go past, uh, you go find the witch that is casting the spells on the town. Correct. Right. Yep. All right, cool. So you go there, you find her and, uh, she runs away, but you run into the famous spiky tiger that Scott had trouble with. Yeah. So this, uh, this is more <laughs> gameplay, but the spiky tiger got me very close to giving up on the club altogether for my part. <laughs> I was like, wow, I just could not beat him. I had to do a lot of grinding. That's what I did too. I grind a little bit before I got there. So once you beat that, you uh, release the witch from the dark energy. And if I remember correctly, she was being held by Thanatos, right? She was yes. helping Thanatos. Um, releases the, the people. And then you uh, go back to the underground. And then the next part is you go to the underground palace to get the next orb to power your sword. And didn't you also learn that it was the witch had captured Dialuk and handed him off to yes. Thanatos? Yeah, so the witch took Dialuk for Thanatos, and also she said that she has no magic left, and, and the reason she made the deal with Thanatos is because she, he was giving her, her magic powers because they, they had run out, basically. She turns from like a witch into like a, a regular little old lady after you beat her. <laughs> and there's no, reper no repercussions whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> Just, it's fine. Yeah, totally fine. Um, so then you go to the underground palace, get your, get your orb. Um, and I can't remember Pandora ruins. That's where you go find where dialogue went, um, to right. meet up. And that's where you see Thanatos and he just takes dialogue and takes off with them. That's right. So, um, then you go back to the, the doors underground area and a hole opened up and you have to drop in onto the thief ship. I don't remember why this ship was there. So this is one of the weirdest parts of the story and i don't know why they they they're on two occasions three occasions on three occasions these the scorpion army shows up as like they're sort of like the comic relief i guess of the of the game i don't know they're, they're i mean imagine like the oh you guys haven't played final fantasy 3 so i would say the 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 other four heroes of light but they're they're basically like these these people who are like we're gonna take the Chris, you know, the man of seeds and we're going to sell them for money. Right. Cause they're, they're like, they're like pirates. Um, but anyway, they took the man of seed from, from uh, the water palace and you have to go get it back. And they, they sick a, a robot on you that spins around with some mallets and stuff. I remember cool. thinking this part did seem out of place when I was playing through it. Yeah. Oh, and one Just thing we forgot to mention is the, the, the blue haired girl fauna. She's like friends with uh, the, the girl and she gets taken to it around this time, I think. Yes. Yeah, but she has no significance to it, does she? How, She's just her friend. Yeah. How was she introduced? Because I, I remember she like helps you once. She is. So when you first approach Pandora Ruins, she's waiting at the steps. And basically, she's there sort of for exposition where she's like, me and Dialog are happy now. You need to go back to the village and be alone or like. But he, she's being controlled by Thanatos also. Doesn't so. the girl like slap the shit out of her at that? Yeah, yes. <laughs> that, that's how you wake her out of her Thanatos trance. Like, yeah. How do you solve magic? Oh, I just slap her. Yeah. You know? So I remember when they Fauna actually, was kidnapped. They changed that. I was just. I remember when Fauna was kidnapped. I was like, oh no, the girl I had one scene with before. <laughs> but they they took that out of the remake. Oh really? Her all together? Yeah, they don't, or... you don't slap. I guess uh, they didn't want to slap a woman in the face in the okay. middle of the game. I don't know. I don't know I why. Get that. Although it's, it is, I don't know. It's different because it's a girl doing it. Uh, that's a whole other thing. 
Uh, okay, so keep on, Rich. So you fight the the Kilroy, uh, Kilroy. You go to the water palace. You charge up. You put the the seed back. You charge it up. Yeah, because the um, the water palace got attacked, right? Yeah, those thieves stole it. Right. Um, you fight Jabberwocky, and then you charge up your sword. Yeah, it turns you... out that Thanatos went to the water palace after while you were getting the seed then thanatos went <laughs> went to the water palace uh or not thanatos himself but some of his uh minions yeah there's like a series of like generals and like higher ups mm-hmm. in the uh the the empire that show up a few different times and they're so forgettable like i could never remember their names or like i only when... remember Geshtar and that's it but it's like when one of them shows up for a second time you're they're like i'll get my revenge this time I'm like i don't even know who you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. I'm like, oh, all right, fine, yeah. cool. I'll see you later, buddy. So once you finish that, and you get the water palace, uh, water palace uh, seat fixed, and you recharge your sword. You get instructions, I think, from Gemma again that you have to go find other palaces to charge up your sword. Um, then you get sent to the upper lands. So you have to take the little, um, I guess, cannon, and you get shot over to the upper lands. Um, you fight the spring beak. And then you go to the dragon caves. Is this where you get flammy? No, it's not. Yeah. So you, okay. you land in the, the forest of uh, seasons, which is probably my second favorite place in the whole game. It's the four seasons or the different screens in the, in the forest. Um, and the point is to find the sprites village, right? Cause the sprite is, gains her memory after you gain the ah. mana, the seed power. And um, so the sprites like, well, sprites know about mana, so we should go talk to them, right? And so um, you have to, you're in the forest and you you save the Mughals, right? And uh, then you find the sprites, but it turns out the sprite village was wiped out by an evil monster, which is uh, a rooster with giant robotic-ish, I don't know, like super tall legs. I don't know. It's called the spring beak. It's chicken. I'd, I'd be embarrassed <laughs> if this is what wiped out my village. Yep. Um, so all you have left is grandpa. And so, um, you know, I spend a lot of time with grandpa in this game, leveling magic. It's very, lots, <laughs> lots of good time with grandpa. Um, but grandpa says, restored, you know, he's go... like a free in, right. And you can just cast healing magic right next to him. Yeah. To level it up. Yeah. And, and grandpa says, well, you know, there's not much sprite magic left, but what I could tell you is the white dragons that you see flying around in the forest, they're important to mana. So go into the mountain or where the uh mushrooms live mantango and uh look for the for the white dragon and so that's where you go and um you end up in mushroom town yep i don't know how much do you want me you want me to keep going or you guys want to uh i'll I'll think of it for a second i guess yeah uh so you go into the dragon caves to you find out that the dragon has been kidnapped or something like that um you save it and i think it gets born right next to you uh the the great viper killed the mother dragon. You find the you find the baby. Right, and so you learn out you learn later that the the little dragon kind of sees you as its mother. Uh, but so the the king of the mushroom people, what what's a king name? Truffle, right? Yes. Uh, he takes care of the the dragon for a while, and that'll come into play more later. So then you go to the desert to go to the next temple. And you end up on this sand ship, which belongs to, it doesn't belong to the empire, right? It's the, no, it's Tesnica. Right. Which is uh, Gemma's kingdom. Yeah. Uh, 
and you kind of get like into forced labor kind of because they think that you're from the empire or empire spies or something so you go through you break everybody out of jail in various ways and then they get attacked by the empire and this is where you have your first boss fight with the mech rider is that geshtar that's geshtar yeah okay i bring it up because you have to fight this thing like four times so um but of course you defeat him and then you find out that at Kakara Village, where you need to go to get the Fire Palace or something like that, but the there's a side quest for this village because it, they don't have any water because of the mana being gone or something. You can save them later, but you don't have to. <laughs> um, so you go to Ice Country next. And, yeah, because the Fire Seed was stolen. Right. And taken to the... Yeah, okay. You go through the forest, you find Rudolph, which is... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and the people here are walruses. So, yes. Uh, and you find this resort village where it's like only rich people uh, go to. And it's like in the middle of the frozen forest, it's the uh, this tropical resort. So it's being powered by the fire seed. They took the fire spirit and are using it to have like a furnace in the middle of town. You break it free and then the resort immediately it goes back to being, you know, an ice forest and everybody leaves. They're like, fuck this place. <laughs> Uh, so then you eventually do get to go to the ice palace. You go through there. Nothing really happens there. You get the, you get the orb that you need or the seed or whatever it was. Well, you fight the frost gigas who turns out to be spoilers, Santa Claus. Right. Okay. Why do you, that's like the most important part of this whole story. (laughs) Uh, so Santa Claus was like trying to restore mana because he believed, thought that people wouldn't believe in Santa Claus anymore if there wasn't mana, something like that. Yeah. He was going to use the seed to grow a, a new Christmas, a giant mana Christmas tree. Was, that was what he was thinking. Sounds like a good idea. Um, I like do, it. Do we know? Does, does Santa appear in any other mana game? Not that I know of. Uh, I've only played three. That would be a great like recurring thing to have in every one of them. <laughs> uh, you go to the Fire Palace. You get the MacGuffin you need there. And then uh, you start to head towards the Empire. And since you seem to, to know the story so much better, Frost, you can cover this part if you want. <laughs> He's played it several times, so you should yeah, a know. lot, yeah. So after the Fire Palace, you now have your four first four mana seeds out of eight that you have to seal uh, altars, um, and you have your four magic spirits. Um, and so the next step is to go directly to the Empire. Um, you take Cannon Travel, which leaves you in South Town, um, where you have a little bit of you know stuff. You have to go through a get a password, so you can go through a, a sewer. You get to Northtown and you find out that in Northtown, which is the town of the Empire, um, similar things have been happening to Pandora, where people are turning into zombies and going to the ruins there. And it, I believe um, this is where uh, I think Gemma actually um, is. I think there was supposed to be some sort of invasion that was occurring there. So like you were supposed to meet Gemma at the Empire and like, stop them but it turns out that like he's gone too um so you go into the ruins just like you went into the pandora ruins you fight another demon wall this one's the doom wall um and then you finally you meet thanatos and he tells you that what he's trying to do with dialogue is hit you know thanatos's body is deteriorating and he needs to take over a new body and dialogue's spirit is strong enough like one of the he said he's been waiting centuries for someone with a spirit strong enough to sort of very uh um, xehanort to take over his body <laughs> <laughs> so uh and then he leaves you with a vampire to fight um and then takes off 
one of the more annoying bosses. Yeah, the, and those those things that jump up and down and are unhittable for you know you have to use magic, uh, or I guess you don't according to Ben. But <laughs> did you mention the resistance part of it? No, yeah. So you meet the resistance, uh, and they are the ones who tell you about the the ruins um, and why the the people are that that the people are are being stuck at the ruins. Yeah, that's right. What's the leader's name? Christy. Chrissy. Chrissy. Okay. Yeah. She. Uh, there's some like backstory to her to where her she had to take over the resistance at a young age or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, then you then you fall into the worst trap ever set. Does it? <laughs> the. Uh, the empire, the emperor is like, well, you've defeated us. Uh, let's have dinner. Um, yeah. and, <laughs> so you that. you're invited with the resistance to the empire's uh, castle, the emperor's castle, uh, castle, um, where he says, "Aha, I've tricked you," and you immediately get thrown in jail. Yeah, that, that's like, it. Uh, that's... <laughs> something similar happens in FF six, but it's like a long con, so it comes. They do the long more. con in six, which it plays a lot better. Than... Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, that was stupid. But alas, yeah, um, you get thrown in jail, and they're like, um, for some reason, you get thrown in jail with your weapons, and uh, then they're like, okay, we're gonna feed you to the this boss, and they throw you down a pit. Um, but then you kill the boss, uh, and you escape, and you fight guest star again, who says, uh, I swear I'll get him this time. Um, but you defeat him, and then unfortunately, guest star upon realizing that he's been defeated, decides he's going to take the whole castle down. Um, and so he's like, well, everyone's going down with me. But um, turns sure out the that emperor he, appreciated that. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> well, he has the mana power or the mana fortress coming. So he's going to live in that, I guess. But um, he all of a sudden you, you think you're doomed. But King Truffle shows up riding on Flammy uh, and he whisks you away into the skies as you you're saved before the castle falls apart. Magical white dragon. And again, uh, Flammy is like kind of your airship thing for the rest of the game. And it, it thinks of your party as its mother's. So that's why. Yeah. Um, um, so when you return, you drop King Truffle off and he says, well, you know, there's this guy uh, who lives in the mountains called uh, Sage Jock or Jack. I can't remember which one's the real one. I think it's Jock. Uh, and he knows about mana. So go up into the mountains and, you know, find him. And there is an interesting part here, which is completely optional, um, where there's a mountain town. Um, and if you go into the very back of the mountain town, there's like a shrine with like old, they're almost like those orbs from uh, from Lightning Returns that have like history and they like show things from history. Yeah, I remember. But they're like TV recordings. And it's so weird because like you watch them and it's like a newscaster who's like, in other news, the mana beast is now attacking the mana pal. And there's like, and it's like so you, there was this whole like modern society that had existed you know a thousand years before that was destroyed um yeah that scene could have been done better yeah <laughs> it, it, it was more like reading logs kind of you know so, though yeah yeah um so anyway you go to you go to sage this and the sage isn't home up according you know for, he's like ah, he's not home uh you know he won't talk to you till you get go go see if he's at the dark pal the palace of darkness and so you go to the palace of darkness you beat a boss you seal the seed you get the shadow magic um and um then you, you go back and, you, and the guy's like ah, he's not home go check the uh golden tower <laughs> and like okay we'll go check the golden tower this one you needed to get a key so you had to remember if you didn't have a guide you had to remember that you when you were originally in south town 
you talked to a woman who said her husband died, but he was a spy and he died protecting something from the empire. Right. And then, okay. then you talk to someone in, in the gold town gold city and they're like, yeah, there, there's rumors that a spy took the key to the tower and you're supposed to remember that and, and go back and get the key from her. <laughs> um, but anyway, you go up, it's like a, a multi-level tower. You fight a couple bosses and you get luminous magic seal the seed there. Yep. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, I guess that's the end of the that little part, right? The Golden Tower. So, uh, we're getting towards the end here. So, you go back to the Lofty Mountains again to meet with the Sage. And is this where he finally reveals that the check is the Sage? No, you have to get the moon. One more, okay. <laughs> you get the moon, and then you have to do the um, Shadow Link fight. Right. So, you go through the, the Sea of Wonders, which I don't remember, really remember that well. <laughs> it, it's you take a, a boat um from the desert into the middle of like it's like a little island in the in it's not even space. like an island it's like a space thing it's very strange oh right okay and then uh you do the moon palace you get the shit there and then you have to, you finally get to go to tasnica which is the the big kingdom you've been hearing about the whole game there's like some kind of subplot here where the king has been replaced by one of the empire's agents like a shadow stalker ninja guy mm-hmm. um but you do manage to save the king. Uh, and then you finally go back to Jack, who, by the way, looks like a, a weird bird monster. Bird? Very yeah, odd. Yeah. Uh, and uh, apparently Jock is finally back, the sage. He poses as an old man, and you have to go through this uh, trial called the Test of Courage to prove that you deserve the blessing of mana or something along those lines. And so you do this, and at the end, he, you have to actually fight three shadow doppelgangers of your of your party. Which uh, I actually thought was kind of a cool part. Like, I wasn't expecting something like that. Um, kind of made me wish you could have a bigger party, though, if they can support all them characters on screen doing all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, but then you, it gets revealed that the sage Jack was really Jock all along. And that the old sage that appeared was like a, a, a spell or something he cast. Something like that. Uh, so that you've now proven yourselves that you deserve to you are the heroes and all that so next you want to go to the sunken continent which apparently sunk when mana uh, was sealed from the world or whatever uh you do the tree palace there you get your final spirit the dryad spirit who for some reason has a line about how he's too weak and doesn't deserve to be with the party i remember right thanatos sealed his mana magic so he only has life wall uh burst and sleep Right, and that comes into play at the very end, of course. Yeah, uh, you go around this uh, this final area in the the sunken continent, and yeah, you're heading towards the Grand Palace, which is the the last one. Yeah, and the Grand Palace is it's so you it, to get there, you have to go through the underground city, which is like that's like a modern city, like from before in the before times. So there's like a subway and all kinds of stuff down there. It's a long dungeon. It's long and there's lots of puzzles. Um, so anyway, you fight about 50 bosses on the way. On the yeah, way. <laughs> sounds about right. Um, and uh, by the time you get to it, you get to the um, you, you get to the 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 the, the, the uh, altar, and you're like, okay, man is expiring. The seed's expiring. You know, like the emperor, right. and the emperor's there, and you walk up, and he's dead, of course. Boss switch time. 
Um, and so the, the emperor was killed by Thanatos. You fight shocked. a couple. Yeah. Shocking. I know. Uh, it turns out Thanatos, the guy with the skull face was the evil the whole time. Uh, and <laughs> so you fight the mech rider again. Um, Isn't he literally a demon? Yes. He's from the underworld. Right. Okay. Um, and well, actually, I don't know if he's from the underworld or he just made a deal with the underworld. I'm not positive. Can't remember either. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you, you fight a couple more bosses. You fight the mech rider again. And but you're too late. Thanatos has activated the mana fortress and it rises into the sky. And now you you uh, have no hope of uh, your only hope is to is as you find out is to to go talk to the mana tree to see if there's a way to save the world because the eventually because the mana fortress has been activated the mana beast the world will basically activate the mana beast to take it down but when it does the calamity will be such that the world will be destroyed you know it's serious when the world map music changes that's right I thought that was kind of cool it was i liked it <laughs> um yeah so you want to do the pure land too frost yeah so the pure land so the the thing about the pure land is at the top of the world um and it, it looks like almost like a volcano that you like where there, there's been a volcano but then like trees grow in it like if you've ever seen something like that in, um in real life um but uh it's sort of like that but what it was is that there was when mana is strong there's like a thick barrier around it sort of like the northern crater <laughs> like, right but now that mana has been weakened because the mana fortress is using mana to like fly and do stuff um Blow shit the, up. the shield the barrier is gone so you can now enter the what's called the pure land uh and this is literally Bostra city like one two three four five six bosses it felt like um mm -hmm, it felt like <laughs> But it's like screen, screen, boss, screen, screen, boss. There's some cool, you know, cool music and 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 it's pretty pretty here. But a lot of reskinned bosses, and uh, you get to the very end, and you're like, there it is, the mana tree. And you you think you've you're you're going to talk to the mana tree. The mana tree will give you power to stop the fortress. But then Thanatos is like, wow, I figured out how to use the guns on this thing. He's like, yeah. the mana fortress is fully operational, right? So he yeah. blows a. <laughs> He blows up the mana tree with an ion cannon or something, mana gun. Um, from you the mana watch fortress. it explode in front of your eyes from like yeah, a Yeah, and you you end up on the ground um, because there's no fall damage in this game, which is why you can can cannon travel. Um, <laughs> but you end up on the ground at the base of the ruined tree, and you're like, well, this is it. We're done. Like, we can't do anything. And then the, the tree speaks to you, and the secret of mana is revealed. We finally get the secret. Yeah, and and that is that uh, you are the chosen hero, and that your father was supposed to be here in his place, but he was uh, assassinated um, by the evil uh, someone from the underworld, um, and that's why he died in Potos, and that's why the sword was there, and you were left there alone. And you might think, well, what about how do you know this? And the tree reveals that she is in fact your mother, and that yep. in the long line of ancients in this world. There's the man who wields the sword and protects the tree, and the the woman uh, becomes the tree and and gives life to the world, and that's the way this works. We've uh, done plenty of joking about this. I don't know why this this just reveal just came off as more funny to me than like a big you know startling twist. <laughs> uh, Rich and I made a lot of jokes about about tree moms. <laughs> Um, he just looked at a tree stump, saw a hole, and said, "That looks good." No, she's a woman, <laughs> and then she turns into the tree. 
I know. But <laughs> the I same thing. Funnier. But the same thing happens in Final Fantasy Adventure and Trials of Mana. Spoilers. Uh, well, I knew that there was stuff with people turning into trees, but is it? Is yeah, people. Yeah. So, so it's, it seems like I haven't played the other mana games, but it's always the man wields the sword and the woman turns into the tree. Hmm. I can't decide which uh, if which fate is worst. Seems kind of sexist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's uh, a line from the girl here that she uh, she feels like the tree is her mom too, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. She's <laughs> like, like I don't have mom. a mom. Yeah. All right. You, you get you get the honor of wrapping us up, Rich. All right, so once you've figured out that your mom is a plant, um, you get the power from uh, the dyad finally wakes up, gets enough uh, power. Yeah, you, so finally, the tree gives you, she makes sure that you have the, your sword is fully powered. So this is a gameplay thing, but when you collect this, the orbs, um, if you haven't, you, if you missed any sword orbs, she'll actually bump you up to full power on your sword. Um, and then she says, okay, you can now enter the mana because before if you try to fly into the mana fortress before the pure land you actually bounce off of it um and but now you can actually enter the mana fortress but you still the problem is that that thanatos's magic is preventing anyone from doing anything so you have to go and get thanatos yeah so once you've powered up you're fully charged you go to the mana fortress then you go through uh two levels of the actual fortress so you fight the blue uh the buffy the vampires, not the vampire slayer, but Buffy the vampire. <laughs> um, you get to that level, you go to the next level, you fight the dread slime. Um, if you fought the slime previously, you know as you as you hit it and damage it, it shrinks. But with this one, when the more damage you do, it actually expands. So it's kind of the reverse effect. It's kind of cool. Um, once you get to that, you get to the final stage, and you find Thanatos. And uh, there's a big dialogue between um, Thanatos and um uh dialog basically dialog eventually then sacrifices himself to um you know to try to save them but little does he know it's too late it happens uh thanatos shows up and all of a sudden the dark lich yeah he so dialog he he basically he sacrifices himself so the thanatos can't inhabit his body and so he's like well now you get to see my true form right and uh yeah yeah that's sad Anyway, so once you once you beat the Dark Lich, it's too late. The Mana Beast has already shown up, so you have to go out and actually fight the Mana Beast. Uh, Dryad's power is uh, restored. Then you um, have that full ability. So kind of a gameplay feature of it, you have to, both characters, the girl and the sprite, have to cast at the same time with Dryad the Mana Sword. You have to time it. It's all about timing with this one. And uh, you fight a very super-powered flaming yeah and it's basically it yeah so you and the the catch 22 you find out here at the end is if you do nothing the mana beast takes down the fortress and the world is destroyed if you fight the mana beast you kill the mana beast you destroy mana and so there's no more magic in the world there's no more life force in the world and anything that relies on that magic will disappear including the sprite and yeah. so this, but the sprite's like, no, don't worry about me. Uh, you know, the, we got the, this. the fate okay. of the many uh, is more than the fate of the few, as Spock said. <laughs> but it's not that Fair the sprite phrase. is dead. It just, it can't exist on this, this dimensional plane, Correct. right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So when you fight it and you defeat it, and then there's a big um, deal at the end of it, they're like, Where, where'd sprite go? And like, what's going on? Basically, sprite is transitioned to another plane 
where mana is available. So um, during the credits and everything, you see uh, the main character go back to Protos. You see the girl. She goes back, and it's all there. Uh, credits roll, and you see who sitting in a tree looking up at the moon? Sprite. 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 So the Sprite's not dead. It's just yeah. transition. Do you think they killed off dialect just so the to like the girl and the boy could get together? Or if so, that was a crappy way to do that. Because I mean, they're traveling no... together through most of the credits, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, this is technically if you if you look at timelines, I know they're not all connected, but this would be like the last game, history, historically wise, if they were connected. Hmm. But I wonder if the the setup was well, they need someone else to become the mana tree. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but she's maybe. not of the the ancient race, so I don't think it, oh, it would yeah. work. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's yeah. it for the story. Uh, I think we're gonna have some differing opinions here. Uh, what did you think overall, Ross? Or you know, you played it so many times, but right. I mean, I the thing is, I played it so many times that like I'm probably filling in things in my head that didn't actually happen. It was like, <laughs> and it's just sort of like those those things where there's lore. And you're like, you know the lore, so you kind of know why things are doing it. But if you just read the script of the game, it's not explicitly stated. But yeah, I mean, I think my favorite part of the story is when the ragtag group of, of kids form together to fight an evil empire, but then learn that there's actually an ancient evil that they have to defeat. Um, you know, <laughs> but it, it's very, it's very, you know, classic JRPG, get a bunch of people together, fight an empire. Collect the collect crystals. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. To protect the crystals. What about uh what about you, Rich? What did you think, Phil, overall? I mean, I liked it. It wasn't a bad game. Um well, story. Story. Simple. Yeah. Simple. Um yeah. to me, it felt like list, they were trying like... to make more of it out of it what than what was really there. Uh because like they, they had the script and the the twists and the turns and all that, but at the same time it's like things just happen without much explanation or you only get a few lines of dialogue here and there that it, it really does feel like classical RP, very classical RPG, just going from point A to point B and getting MacGuffin here and MacGuffin there. Um, for most of the game, there, there are a couple of twists right there at the very end. But other than that, it's just, it, it's really hard to judge just because it is one of the earlier games of, of this type on this, uh, this generation of consoles, like, you know, this game and, Final Fantasy Four. We're really just getting started on uh, showing what kind of stories you can tell uh, in, in an RPG. Well, so, I mean, it's simple, simple storyline. Yeah, it's not too complex. I guess I'm glad that they tried to do something more than, like, say, Final Fantasy One and even Three. I guess. Although I would say this story is probably closer to Three than Four's, in, in as far as like how things play out and how simple it really is. Um. Did you either of you have like favorite parts? No, as far as like sections or scenes or anything, just the ending. Ending was good, it wrapped it up nicely, not because it ended, just because it was a nice little bow at the end. I'm I'm surprised that they in the interview he said they wanted to make it darker because it's like all the sprites die, all because like, uh, people are turned into it's like, um, yeah, it a, I guess they, they could make it a little bit darker, but it's pretty. Pretty dark as for, it is. It does seem pretty lighthearted for most of the game, and then it gets yeah. serious at the very end there, which is, I mean, pretty standard for you know early games. And it, it, the, the Mana game in general seems very lighthearted and cheery from the outside looking in. 
as far as uh, favorite characters and stuff like that, I feel like personally there's really not enough to any of the characters to have a favorite. Correct. Same here. Yeah, it is. You don't really, you don't really get to know Dialek or Gemma or Luca or I guess Watts is my favorite character because he shows up. He, for some reason, he travels the world uh, and is, is always there even in someone's house, someone's kitchen, ready to forge weapons for me. So, <laughs> Always on the ready. I guess we did skip over our... No, we know one character, and that's Nico. Right. Which uh, I think Bill was making a lot of jokes about how Nico was the true villain just because of his exorbitant uh, price gouging. <laughs> uh, but may- maybe there's something to that. You know, maybe uh, maybe Nico was powering Thanatos all along. <laughs> Selling him all his all his magic and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, that or he was the financial backer. Yep. Any other thoughts on the story? Nope. I'm all right good. then. Um, so we are actually going to cut this episode into two pieces. So we'll do our uh, g- uh, gameplay discussion and our ratings on the next episode. But for now, we're going to move on to our outro. We've had a little bit more to say about Secret of Mana than uh, maybe we expected necessarily. So we are going to cut it into two. So next week's episode will be part two of the review. And then uh, after that, I'm not sure. It depends on Bill, but we're either going to cover some of the latest RPG news or we will uh, go ahead and post the Final Fantasy Adventure review that Bill and Frost did together. Um, As far as the RPG club goes, I'll do that in post. Uh, but yeah, so let's launch into our plugs. Rate and review us, please. If you enjoy the show, it's one of the best ways you can go out of your way to help us. Um, you know, just a few sentences together, throw us out there. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really helps with the visibility of the show. Uh, and for Patreon, if you guys want to see what we do on Patreon, donate to us, let us know how we're doing. Um, on Patreon, you have early episode access, ad-free episodes after cast, which is a nice little thing me and Scott have uh Starting to do a little more of the extra reviews of Corey and Scott. They're doing a lot of great non-RPG reviews there. Uh, the biggest thing, especially right now, is the RPG Club. If you are a patron member of $5 or more, you can take part in the nomination piece and the voting piece and many, many more. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash RPG after years. Yep. And uh, you, you missed the nomination and voting stuff this time, but go ahead and sign up and you'll be able to when we... Uh get there for the next time uh we do stream live to twitch we're streaming right now usually sundays at 9 a.m eastern time of course right now we're uh we're working with riches and frost schedule mixing up together but anyway you can find us at twitch.tv slash rpg after years merchandise we have merchandise guys um you can find that at at redbubble at redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash rpg after years forward slash explore you can get nice little things cups mugs 
posters, t-shirts. It's all there. Help support the show. Yep. If you want to reach out to the show for business inquiries or you just want to suggest make suggestions, give us some feedback without uh, you know lowering our podcast rating score, whatever, you can email us rpgafteryears at gmail.com. If you want to talk to us more and the community, join the Discord channel. Discord channel is very hopping with a lot of great people there that are talking about all things RPGs, ranging from the Final Fantasy series, Dragon Quest, all the way to the Tales, the Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, definitely go out there. You can check a look at that at our show notes or our pinned tweet on Twitter. Yep. And we want to thank Frost one more time for joining us today. I think uh, obviously his expertise was kind of needed on this uh, this game. <laughs> our, our memories are trash and apparently we weren't paying close attention. But yeah, we enjoyed having you, man. Thanks. Is there anything you want to plug or anything like that? No. If okay. you have any problems with what anything I said, you can come fight me on the Discord. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, he will be here for part two next week as well. So we'll be including his uh, ratings at the end. Uh, as far as Twitter goes, it's another way to reach out to the show. You can find the show at RPG Years. You can reach out to me personally at the Scott Spot. Uh, you can find me at Hailblue1569. Okay. So that's uh, going to be it for episode 81. And uh, we'll wrap up Secret of Mana finally next time. We'll bang the gavel and close out the club. So, yeah, until then, I'm Scott. I'm Rich. I'm Frost. See you guys later. Bye.